What's up? This is Steve. And this is Ryan. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing podcast. Here we are. We're doing it again. We're back. Episode 12. Yes. Someday we're going to catch up to uh, all the Rocky movies that were ever made. Have the same amount. I think there's only like six. Oh, well. Six. What movies are have there been where there's been too many um, sequels? Saw? Fast and Furious? Fast and Furious has six or seven? We've outdone Fast and Furious. I feel pretty good about ourselves. I don't know if there's any movies that, where there's 12 of them. Uh, Star Wars is going to be at nine eventually. There's got to be something. Lord of the Rings well, let's, let's has not talk five. about this. Let's not talk about this. Okay. There's got to be better things to talk about. <laughs> What's new with you, Steve? Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I talked about um, my buying these acoustic pickup, uh-huh. this acoustic pickup, the thing the from, GFS from pickup? GFS. Okay, and uh, so I started doing the installation, and uh, the parts that I thought were going to be hard. Or the one part that I thought was going to be the hardest ended up being the easiest. What was that? Which was cutting out the hole to put the preamp in. Really? Yeah. I thought that would be tricky. Yeah. Uh, basically, I, t- I like taped everything off. Uh huh. And then I cut like I used a template to like cut the circle that I needed. Uh huh. Or the it's not a circle, but it's a the right, it's square, a hole, rounded square. So basically, you've been cutting a giant gaping hole into yeah, an acoustic yeah. instrument. So my guitar right now, because I didn't, I haven't finished the installation. My guitar has like a maybe two inch by one inch hole in the top of it. You got an extra yeah. sound hole up there. Ba- well, you know, I've been thinking about that. Is I've I've played some uh, guitars that have that design, uh-huh. but, and they oh they sound so good. Maybe you should just leave it. I know, right? Um, but anyway, after I bought all this stuff, I started reading about under saddle pickup installation, like the P- PZO under saddle. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, uh, the, it's got me kind of nervous. You're a little, uh, sketched out on yeah, it. Yeah. Huh? Cause first it said, um, like, oh, you got to take two and a half, like you got to take two and a half millimeters off of the saddle because that's, that's the size of the pickup. So for your action to stay the same. And I was like, oh, I'll just let it be taller. And then I actually looked at how much of a distance it's a big difference. that is. And that's actually huge. Yeah, because yeah. you're looking at like fractions of an inch for us non-metric people. Uh-huh. Um, I, can, I can visualize millimeters. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I should be able to, but I don't well. <laughs> uh, but I held the ruler up to the guitar. And I'm like, okay, my, the bottom of my string is here. Um, now let's move it up two millimeters. And I was like, that's a lot. Yeah. Um. And then I was actually, I, I took the saddle off. I looked at the bottom of it and it's not flat to begin with. It's got like a couple grooves in it, probably from the manufacturing. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd have to, I'd have to shave the saddle anyway. Yeah. Um, so this is still a work in progress. I don't know if I'm going to get to Home Depot tonight to buy sandpaper, but I'm going to have to get some soon. Maybe I'll go tomorrow. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so that's going to be, that's, I think going to be the real challenge. I'm not too concerned about doing the end pin drilling. Right. I know that can be tough and you're supposed to use like a tapered bit for that. And all I have are conventional bits, but I think if I tape it all off ahead of time, um, and just go, go real slow, slowly work up your bits. 
and like yeah just step up like use two or three uh in bits in between to step up the size yeah i'm not too worried about that and i'm just hoping i can get this all done soon since uh, i'm doing uh more acoustic playing now yeah um and yeah so that's that's what i started on this week and Hopefully, by the time we get to episode 13, I can give you guys all an update. Yeah, maybe. Or 14 or maybe even 15, yeah, well, however long it takes. I'm hoping by 13, either the update will be, it's done, it sounds awesome, or it's done, I smashed the guitar. <laughs> Threw it in, in the fireplace. In <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, what's new with you? I got a new pedal today in the mail. Oh. Yeah, uh, as many of you know, I'm a I'm a surf guitarist, and uh, reverb is a big deal for me. And a new reverb came on the market, the Caitlin Bread Topanga, uh, which did is you named, say Caitlin Bread? How do you pronounce it? It's Catalan. Is it? I'm pretty sure. No, hand me the box, dude. <laughs> I dropped the box. Catalan Bread. Caitlin bread? Maybe. I don't know. How are we supposed to know how these things are pronounced? Yeah, we buy them off the internet. Yeah, I just look at the spelling on the internet. This, uh, whole, this whole time we've all been calling them like full tone pedals, but really it's full tonny pedals. Full, full tonne. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> and it's not boss, it's boss. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but. All right. <laughs> so anyways, it's a it's a reverb pedal that's meant to uh model after a Fender external reverb unit, which is what all the surf guys use. Sure. I already have the Fender FR the, the Boss FRV1, which is supposed to be a direct model of the Fender reverb unit. Right. Uh a lot of people complain that it has kind of ice picky highs and colors the sound a lot. I really like the FRV1 still. I got the Topanga because I was just super curious about it. I'm going to be recording an album really soon. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I tried what was available and had it uh, at my disposal, basically. And uh, I got to say, it's it's a lot of fun. I don't know if it's going to kick the FRV one off my board. I might end up with two spring reverbs on my board, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Why don't you just go to Strymon? Uh, you know, I have I am never going to pull the trigger on a $350 pedal. What about the $275 one? The is it the Brigadier? No, the Brigadier is the delay. The uh, the, the one the Blue Sky. The one that has some hope of of working for or the surf Flint is the Flint because it has a 60s reverb setting, but the demos I've heard of it, it doesn't have the splash that you need right. for surf. I've always heard the the like and it seems like it's always the issue like with with digital like spring reverb is always hard yeah and i i had uh i had the rv5 uh-huh and the spring was okay yeah wasn't great and then before that i had a digitech digiverb and i thought the spring reverb on that sounded awful yeah and but at the time when that pedal came out people were like oh you got to get this you got to get this yeah the hardwire reverbs are supposed to be pretty uh, good um, but I think a, a lot of it too is I think a lot of people are using digital reverbs in unconventional ways. Yeah. So spring is like an afterthought for, I think for most people who sure. are doing reverb pedals. Well, a lot of spring reverb pedals that are trying to do a spring thing, they're trying to do 
the the spring reverb that you would hear in an amplifier. Right. A reverb unit is very different from an amplifier. It's an external unit that you run before an amplifier, and because you do that, it uh it pushes the reverb through the gain session section of the right. amp through the power section, and it causes these really strong drip sounds at the back end of your note, and that's really an ideal thing for surf rock. Uh, the the Topanga and the FRV one both drip. Uh, the Topanga, I feel like it, the way it drips, it's it's almost feels like it's drifting into like a little bit of a slapback kind of feel instead of a true drip. Uh, but the trail on the Topanga, I can see why people really like it. It, it I think it is superior to the FRV one. Uh, but I'm 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 more in it for the drip. I really want that aggressive right. like drip 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 at the end of all my notes. So I it's not I'm not really gonna be able to t- be able to tell which one I prefer, which one I'm going to use until I get into a band setting with it. I'm going to have practice this weekend and be able to figure that out. Cool. Um, Why is it called the Topanga anyway? Uh, it's named after Topanga Point, which is a a beach area. Where is that? Uh, a kind of northern Los Angeles area, okay. I think. Uh, I could be super wrong on that. But uh, I I uh, I paid 165 bucks for this thing. Wow! They I think they retail around 200, but uh, there's a coupon code on Rogue Guitar Shop right now. They sell a ton of pedals, and it was 15 percent off. So I figured I might as well pull the trigger on this now because I could feel it in my gut that I was always going to be curious about this, and I might as right. well just do it. Do it. Uh, and it's never one of these is never going to pop up on local Craigslist used. Yeah. Uh, I've there's been a few uh Catalan bread or Caitlin bread pedals that I've been on the lookout for for a long time and it seems like they really hold their value they don't show up used very often and so yeah. it's like I just just got to pull the trigger on this because the recording date is coming up so soon and I want to try it out right I think the only ones at least that I've seen in like the last year on Craigslist are always like the super chili picosos yeah yeah and I think I may have seen one semaphore, the tremolo. The semaphore? Yeah. The semaphore? Yeah, I think so. I think you actually might be right on that one. I don't yeah. Because um, I think that's actually a thing. Um, but yeah, you don't see their stuff a lot. No. I used to... Um, I, I, may, I don't remember if he w- was going by Catalan Bread at the time. But I used to talk to him all the time on uh, the Guitar Geek. Oh, forums. really? The, the guy who runs it? Yeah, GuitarGeek.com. Uh huh. Um, Brian Wampler from Wampler Pedals uh-huh. uh, used to be on uh, a couple of the forums. That, and I'm talking like this is like 10, 10 plus years ago. Yeah. Uh, hanging out with those guys when they were just started doing like pedal building and and uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. I posted uh, that the Swiftwing that I got on a forum. And uh, Cusack, the guy from Cusack from, Pedals, oh, cool. He he commented on it. I was like, "Oh, I didn't know you were here." Yeah, but yeah. he uh, he made fun of my guitar. Oh yeah, <laughs> he said he said something along the lines of, uh, "I would be pissed." Where's the rest of the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, back in the day, it was forums. Now it's like hanging out with JHS pedals on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook groups. Yeah, woo. Yeah. But uh, oh. yeah, I got, I got that new pedal. I sold some pedals when Steve was rolling up today. A guy was waiting in front of my house oh, yeah. for me to come out and sell him uh, two pedals that I used to pay for the Topanga. That dude looked lost as heck. When he I was trying, up. He drove all the way from Tijuana. Yeah. 
That's a long drive. That is a long drive. I, hope we didn't, I wonder if he got st- like. I wonder how border traffic was today. If he I had to like know. sit there for an hour or something. I don't know. Hopefully, he's got it all figured out. I'm sure he does. Yeah. But uh, I sold off my uh, Boss DD2 that I had laying around, right. which is a vintage digital delay from the from '84. I think it was. 84? It had a blue tag on it. Ooh. Yeah. So it's legit. Uh, and then I sold off uh, my Boss uh, Super Octave, the OC3. Right. Uh, I had gotten Octave Curious and was playing around with it, and I realized the other day I'm never going to use this. Uh, what I'd really, if if I'd kept it, what I'd really like to do with it is start a rap band. <laughs> what? And uh, be able to drop some like riffs that have a the heavy octave sort of thing, and have okay. someone rapping over it. Uh, but that's never going to happen to me. What about what about like using it for a vocal? No, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm never going to run vocals I've, through an octave. I've never, um, I've never used octave. Like, I'm not really familiar with octave outside of it being connected to. Like, there's an octave switch on my fuzz pedal. That's different. Yeah, I think that a fuzz pedal's the octave actually goes higher. Oh, I, I have no idea. Yeah, it, it pushes. But I always use it. It pushes it up to like a Jimi Hendrix high octave oh, okay. sort of sound. Uh, so yeah, that's. That is what's new in my gear life. Yeah. So should we move on to some ads? Yeah, let's uh, let's do this ad. I want to do this ad first before we get into our yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cody we- Thompson sent us an ad. Excuse me. Thanks, Cody. Yeah. Uh, uh, we love it when uh, people who are fans of the show send us ads and send us things. And he sent it just in the nick of time. We, uh, we saw it yeah. just before we started recording this ad and had to jump on the computer and start looking around and and uh see what we thought about this and see where all the parts came from yeah this uh so let's i'm gonna read this yeah you it read says, it fender not original <laughs> that's what exclamation point <laughs> that's sound what like. an exclamation point sounds like in there's your head? a band that's like their band name is three exclamation points uh-huh and apparently their band they're called huh so it's like a symbol crash i guess huh uh, so they want $225 for this. And this is a Squire 51. And when I first saw, like, okay, Squire 51, 225, because you were describing it to me before I looked at it. I'm like, yeah. 225, like, that's insane. That's high. Do you remember um, how much those were when they came out? I feel like they were like 150. They were like 150. And I think they, they just, were dirt cheap. They when actually came just out. reissued them. Um, I think the reissues are like 180. But I remember when they clearanced them out at like a hundred bucks. Yeah, and like Guitar Center couldn't keep them on the shelves. They were an interesting guitar because it was kind of a mix between a Strat and a Telecaster, and uh, a lot of people were picking them up to mod them yeah. as like modding platforms because uh, they were just perfect for it. Because you could put a Strat parts on there or Tele parts and mix things up and do whatever you wanted, and it was so cheap that why not? Uh, I I wasn't a fan of the necks on them. I thought the the frets were unreasonably sharp for me. Right. But if you're someone who knows how to polish frets, then that's not an issue. And I think a lot of people who do know how to do that stuff were picking up these guitars and working on them. And this is a guitar that someone has definitely modded a lot. Yeah, it says uh, Squire 51 modified hot rod, humbuckers, telecontrols, bridge, and custom decals for sale. Cash only 225 so humbuckers are a modif- modification. The Telecaster controls, uh, I believe, are a modification. Uh-huh. Originally, these didn't have a switch, I don't think. It had 
the little mini control plate that just had two knobs on it, and there might yeah. have been like a push, push pull sort of situation. I don't think there was even a push pull situation. And it was, it was just, a humbucker and a single coil neck. Yeah, I think it might have just been volume, volume. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure. Me either. Um, so it says a one-off example of Fender's orphan child, the Squire 51. Can't decide between a Tele and a Strat. Here's one with a Tele headstock and a Strat body. That's the way Fender did it. Unique and kind of cool in a quirky sort of way. Uh, when they came out, these were popular as an inexpensive platform to do modding on. This one is one of the earlier ones, not a reissue, and it had, has had the parts changed out. The pickups weren't popular on these at the time, and they've been changed out. The electronics were cheesy, and they've been changed. The neck is non-original and was changed for a rosewood fretboard one. Uh, so this is kind of like what we were saying about this already. Yeah. Like these were mod platforms. Okay, so let's... I feel like it's hard to count the things that have been changed. What on this guitar hasn't been changed? The body. And the bridge. Um, I'm not even sure if the bridge... I think that looks... It could... It, it might, might not be. be. It looks like those are American saddles, a big block. Yeah, I don't... Saddles. I think this is a modified bridge. Not even the pit guard is original. It's some kind of custom yeah. cut, really interesting shape pit guard. This guy basically, he bought a body and then completely changed everything else about it. But it's cool looking. I really like what he did with the pit guard. Uh, he's got decals on it, which are interesting. Yeah. The uh, So on the body itself, there's a big Squire 51 decal. Uh-huh. I'm not the biggest fan of that one, but I, I mean, I get it. I'm just not a big fan. I do think like the little fender on the upper horn looks sharp. Yeah, that's interesting. And... The headstock, I'm going to go ahead and say that the the total package of the headstock, the, the neck has a really nice tint. Yeah. It's got kind of this... Uh, like marble It's got a nice marbly yeah. grain going on. And it's got I what looks like an original styling, kind of like an original take on the Squire logo. I have never seen a Squire logo that I, looks like no, this. No, I mean, this is definitely an original take Squire logo. Yeah. But it's um, cool. I think I think Fender should look at this and do this on like a vintage style Squire. Yeah, it is a cool looking. It's probably a water slide decal that he just put on this thing. Yeah, the decal looks like something that you would see. I feel like on a poster from like the 30s. Yeah, it looks like you would see it on the side of a crate for a vintage like chocolate exactly. factory or something like exactly. that. Exactly. You know? uh, this is probably like I. I I'm going to go ahead and say that this might be one of the classiest looking headstocks I've ever seen, especially yeah, for like for a, a mod, especially for a one off. Yeah. Um, I like the tuners on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like the vintage style tuners. Uh-huh. So uh, congratulations, Cody. Uh, we've talked a lot of trash about uh, Seattle and the stuff that you sent before as far as the pricing <laughs> goes. This is a winner. And if I had $225 and I was... Uh, I mean, I paid two hundred twenty-five dollars just a, for that neck. It's yeah, pretty. If I was uh, in or near the Olympia area, I would call this person to make arrangements. Apparently, he can be reached seven days a week from eight a.m. to eight p.m. by phone. Are you going to say the phone number? I'm not going to say the phone Th- number. This ad could be down by the time this episode is up. I'm not going to say the phone number, but I mean, my the guy seems like he knows a lot about it, but at the same time, he doesn't. The thing that's interesting to me, as far as the decal goes, people scrape the original decal off and rebrand stuff all the time with waterside decals. Sure. I have never seen what someone rebrand something as a squire. Well, 
Isn't that's, that weird? Actually, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but it's true. Like he this, decided, I want people to still know yeah, this is a this, squire. This guy is owning the fact that this was is based on a fifty one design, but he's kind of taking it to this like if a squire fifty one was actually built in nineteen fifty one. Interesting. What would it look like? I think that, like I said, I think the decal looks more like 30s, early 40s, but everything else, like the body decals are very much like period. Yeah. I'm not going to say they're period correct because I'm no you know, yeah. graphics historian or decal well, it's got, historian. It's got a 50s look to it, really. Yeah, there's it a looks very like 50s look. 50s diner sort of thing. Exactly. Um, exactly. This looks like they probably, that's, that's where I've seen it. This is the Ruby's logo. Yeah. I really like how he mixed chrome and worn gold hardware yeah, on the guitar that too. that looks really good too. You get the worn gold knobs and worn gold pickups, but then the rest of the hardware is chrome and it's normally I think I would be put off by that, but on this it really works and I like I said I really like the pit guard that he cut for it. We tried we jumped online and we're like where did this pit guard come from? Where did the concept come from? We couldn't find any other examples of it. So this guy must have cut it or there's someone out there cutting it. It's it's neat. This is yeah, a neat guitar. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Good job, guy. Whoever Great. you are. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I really like there's a deep part of me that really wants to call this guy. We have half an hour. You think we should call him? I don't know. Would it be weird to be like, hey, welcome to our podcast? You know, let me cut it and then uh restart it and if it doesn't work out, we can re we can say that it didn't work out. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna cut it and you'll we'll be right back. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this guy and see if he answers. Speakerphone. Yeah, I'll speakerphone it. Hi, uh, my name is Ryan. I'm uh, I'm calling about the Squire Fifty One. Hey, uh, what's your name? Jerry. Hey, Jerry. This is going to be really weird. Uh, I I run a I run a guitar podcast where we talk about uh, like guitar ads and stuff like that, and and what's for sale and buying and collecting guitars. And I was wondering if I could talk to you about that guitar. Um, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know that I can give you any uh, real in depth information. They were. Uh... Sure, sure. Did you did you put that guitar together? I did. I I re-put it together basically. Gotcha. It started out as a the whole original attraction for an awful lot of folks on those is that they were a GPC Fender built platform. Uh huh. To monkey around with basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we I have a, a a guy who I record with here named Steve. Uh, we were talking about uh, how interesting it is. Did did you do like a water slide decal on the headstock? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. I, th- I we yeah. think it's so interesting that uh, the the decal that you used, and we think it's so interesting that so often people redo headstocks and do decals and and try to make it look like it's something different than it is it's interesting that you made a squire decal for it yep that's what it is yeah and the the, the guy that uh, provided some of that for me 
I had some custom made stuff on there that you know didn't originally come with those guitars. Uh huh. But but the headstock stuff. Uh, there was a guy in kind uh, of I remember somewhere on the East Coast that when there was a Squire Fifty One forum, uh huh. This guy was was supplying folks there with you know different. There were different iterations of that headstock detail that came out. Yeah. He supplied the, the different uh, ones, and if you wanted that type, you could get that type, and he would also do some custom stuff for additional money. Gotcha. And uh, um, so, you know, it was just fun. Yeah, and yeah. I had some pickups that weren't too bad. I didn't think they were they decent humbuckers from a... Epiphone Sheridan. Oh, that nice. I re- that I had replaced uh, the original pickups because I thought the original, and a lot of people agreed, the original pickups were crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I thought, well, you know, I'll just monkey around with this. I like Kelly controls. I, I When I was playing electrics a lot, I, I liked Kelly's the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, we d- we just think it looks really great, and we hope uh, that you can sell it pretty soon. We're we're down in the San Diego area, so we're, I'm not going to buy it from you. <laughs> but uh, we we just wanted to call you up and talk about it. Uh, I really like the pick guard on it too. Did you cut that? Yeah, I cut that. That's yeah, awesome. That was my little uh, bit of madness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I painted it, and you know, it's just. This fun project. It turned out really well from a from a playability and a, and a sound standpoint. It's got one of the nicest um, distorted, sustained sound of any. Yeah, I've owned a lot of guitars. Gotcha. I've worked in the finished guitar business for about five years, and, and uh, it's it's one of the most impressive distorted, uh, you know, Les Paul kind of sounds that I I've, I've ever run across. Cool. It was just an accident. Yeah, well, you, you've got those hollow-body uh, humbuckers in there in a in a Fender guitar. I'm a big fan of what you did. <laughs> yeah, That's really neat. It works. Yeah, I bet. It damn sure works. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the the phone call short. Uh, do you have your email on the ad? I don't remember. I don't even remember either. I I think that you can get. I'll give it to you. It's, oh, it's uh, one word. Uh, yeah, yeah. Say it. And I'll I'll just cut it out. Chin rest? Yeah, just like a chin rest on a violin. Gotcha. And then the number one at gmail.com. Okay, sounds good. I'll, I'll send you information when this show airs. And uh, I okay. hope I hope you sell that guitar because I think it's really cool. Well, you know what I learned um, about guitars? Any decent guitar eventually sells. Yeah, that's true. That's right. If I was in Portland, if I was in Portland and uh, and my wife didn't uh, get angry, I'd probably be calling you and picking yeah, it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it was it was really great talking to you, Jerry. Yeah, here. Yeah, good work on the guitar. Talk to you later.
All right. Well, that was probably the weirdest call he was going to get this week, huh? Yeah, that was really cool. This actually, um, this is, I was really excited about making this phone call and this Ooh. guy. At, so I've got like goosebumps now. So my, <laughs> my concern was like, he's going to be like, oh yeah, I bought this and like, I don't know anything about it. Uh, whatever. Like. We're going to have to do this a lot more. <laughs> to start cold calling yeah, cold calling ads that was great yeah yeah well i mean and i've talked to so many craigslist craigslist people on the phone that are just like complete idiots yeah yeah i was so uh, afraid so, he wasn't gonna get what i was saying like oh what's a podcast yeah or like or like uh or you know like i said like oh, i just bought this like this and like i don't know i don't know anything about it right right uh, yeah uh but the fact that like he actually builds these, like he yeah. built this for fun. Sounds like, like he's in the industry too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So or at least yeah, he spent some time in it for sure. So yeah, uh, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. I, we're gonna send him the info for this for this show when it comes out, and and it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on to some more ads. Sure, sure. <laughs> you put your mic on the yeah, ads. I put the mic stand down on top of the other ads. Uh, I've got a grunge pedal here. You know, you know the Digitech grunge pedal. This is fifteen bucks, and I just wanted to talk about this because I've got a secret urge inside of me to pick one of these up someday. Everyone talks about this as being one of the worst pedals, and being, that's because it is, and being totally unusable. That's because it is. And I just want to try it and see if that's true and see if I can prove people wrong. Because what if it's my magic pedal? And what if I can uh, make it do exactly what I want it to do? So for 15 bucks, I mean, I I usually see them going for 30 So, yeah. you, you know, whatever. They typically go 25 to 30 I will thing. say that, um, so this is the later issue uh, when Digitech had bought DoD. Yeah. Um, so one of the cool features on this pedal is... If you hold the, I forget how it, how it works exactly, but this should be one of the ones that has the amp simulator. Oh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of guys were buying the uh, Digitech Bad Monkeys, mm-hmm. which is the Tube Screamer, and um, putting them at the end of their chains and using them as amp sims. And plus, they don't sound, from what I understand, they sound, they're pretty good uh, Tube Screamer clones. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, that's just the uh the thing this one my thought was at first when i saw it i thought it was one of the old dod ones Mm -hmm. and i realized it was digitech and i think when digitech started making them they went to all the micro components that the surface mount technology right um otherwise i would say like buy it and like if you hate it like mess around with some circuit bending yeah 15 bucks break it in the circuit bend it i think these are basically a uh ds1 with like an extra tone control or something something like that and i've I've heard demos of it and it's it's trying to sound like like the grunge movement yeah, of the 90s i heard if you play it's any, pretty much like a, it sounds like a cross in between a ds1 and a big muff okay is, is what i think they were trying to do with it i always heard that if you bought one of those and um you played anything that wasn't like nirvana or soundgarden that you would get electrocuted by your guitar <laughs> Like it, it sent or like by a, some kind of deity. It sent like a reverse shock through your guitar jack. <laughs> it's a proprietary thing. Like yeah, you can yeah. sense what you're playing, yeah. and it knows what you should and shouldn't be playing. No recognition. Uh, I've got another collection of pedals here. 
this this caught my eye just because the the concept of the ad is is something that just makes me face palm every time I read it. It's it's six petals all together, and the guy insists that he cannot part them out. He has to sell them all at once. And honestly, the price isn't terrible. It's four hundred dollars, seventy five dollars a petal, seventy five hundred seventy five dollars a petal. Uh, what's included is a Line Six M five. Uh, I ha- just had one of those and just sold it. They're impossible to sell. Yeah. Uh, it took me forever to sell the M5, uh, but they're worth probably about ninety bucks on the used market. Sure. Uh, then there is a DD5. Those sell pretty good. People like uh, DD5s. Yeah, they're, they're, they've held their value on just because they're uh, tap tempo. Yeah. Capable and they're external tap. What do you think the street value is? <sighs> Craigslist. These days, I would probably guess. I mean, tops maybe. 80, 90 bucks. Yeah. Okay. So another $90 one, we'll just say. Uh, and then there's an OCD. I've been seeing those go for about 90 bucks lately for yeah. the version fours. Uh, then there's the green rhino way huge pedal, which is like a tube screener kind of mega clone. Um, I don't know how much those go for. I would guess. I really don't know either. Anywhere in between like 75 and $120. So let's just call sure. it another $90 pedal. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the two outliers is that there's a Cowboys from hell. Wah. Uh, I don't know how much those go for. I, I want to say they go like 60, but I could be way off. Yeah. And then there's a, uh, just a, the, the cherry on, on the Sunday. It's a DOD classic fuzz. FX 52. Those go for 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, but, all around, the price makes sense. You could potentially pay for hundred for this, and then slowly sell each one off, and and maybe make somewhere between fifty and a hundred bucks. Maybe, maybe it'd be a push. I mean, if we're saying like four of those pedals are like ninety bucks, right? Yeah. So that puts us at three sixty. The fuzz is forty, so that puts us at four hundred. So the only profit is in the wah. Yeah, and, and that's if you get like. Top, like a top end market yeah. value. This is just a, it's not a good way to sell pedals. No. People don't want to buy your whole collection of pedals. Yeah. Every once, I know in the, uh, in the praise and worship circuit, because so many bands are trying to, like so many guitarists are trying to emulate either a Duke, James Duke. Sure. Uh, who, as you put so nicely on gear talk, was it last night? Who? Who? I honestly, I hear the name, but I, I have no yeah, he, frame of reference. I, I forget. I, I don't know who he plays for, but he's he's a guy. Uh, so J- anyway, uh, Duke, uh, the Droth. Okay. Nigel Hendroth. Um, Taylor Johnson, who I think is the guitar player for Phil Wickham. Sure. Um, but what what were what are we saying? These people use these are th- like these are guys that everyone is trying to emulate. Okay, and okay. then Chris Kiala, Jeffrey Kuhn, Kunde, whatever from I, who I think are both Bethel, okay, slash or Jesus Culture. Or, well, it doesn't matter anyway. But my point is that these are there's a very small subset of guitar of like five or six guitarists that are really big in the praise and worship circuit that a lot of gearhead. Uh, praise and worship guys uh-huh. are really into, and they just want to emulate it, and so that's so that's why everybody seems to be doing like this uh, uh, modulating reverb sure, stuff and sure. everything. So there is potential. Like I guarantee, if our if Paul, our friend Paul. Yeah. Put up his board on Gear Talk Praise and Worship for sale. Somebody would buy that thing. That's where you were going. I was trying to figure yeah. out where you so, were going with so this. So the genre of praise and worship, uh, uh, church music, contemporary praise and worship, 
is so tightly defined musically right, right now that you could potentially make a premium that, board yeah, and that sell you it. Could put, I've seen guys say like, this is my board thousand dollars who wants to buy it and sure. they will sell it within a week. I, um, I could see this being a workable setup too. You've got your, your green rhino, which is going to be a light tube screener drive into a heavier OCD and then a fuzz to top it off. And then you've got a digital delay, and you've got your M5 to give you any modulation you want. Yeah. And a wall. And a wall. I mean, it's a complete setup. Uh, but most most of the time, there's it's going to be super rare that there's going to be anyone out there who wants this particular complete setup. Yeah, and if it was me, and I was like, if you know, my pedal board caught on fire and I needed to buy a new one, and he had listed like, oh, uh, DD5... And M5, 150 bucks. I might buy just those two pedals sure. for like 150 bucks or whatever. Um, but I'm not going to spend $400 to get six pedals when I only want two. Right. Um, and so, I, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't understand. It's too much work to yeah, get the pedals I, I you want out of I understand making the deal and saying, okay, he, I've got 500 Say, mark stuff up. Make it $500. If you price every single one by themselves, five hundred dollars. So make the M5 like a hundred bucks. Make the DD5, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever. Whatever sure. you have to do to get to five hundred bucks, and then say we'll sell all six for four hundred. Yeah, someone might say, "Oh, there's five hundred. This guy thinks this is worth five hundred. If I buy it at four hundred, like I can just sell off whatever I don't like, and like I'm kind of making a profit." Or whatever, like, yeah. make it seem like $400 is a deal by giving everything its own price. Yeah. I You just, with this kind of collection, you got to part stuff out. You have to, the yeah. guy says he wants to sell it quick to, to get cash fast. But the way you do that is you sell the individual pedals under cost. Yeah. And if you really need cash that fast, just take it to Guitar Center. They yeah. pay, what, 60, 65%, sure. which is actually a really great deal. Yeah, uh, compared, if you're in a pinch. Compared to like a lot of other shops. They take all this stuff, dude. Guitar oh, yeah. Center would take all this uh, stuff. I don't know. They might not take the fuzz, but they definitely yeah, take everything Yeah, but that's else. the low value one. Yeah, they, The fuzz is probably the only thing in here that I was interested in. <laughs> <laughs> you're weird. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, we've got one more ad here. Uh, Steve, we talked a few episodes back, was looking for a lateral trade for his five-string American oh, bass. God. I think this is a good fit. It's a girl's uh, Daisy Rock bass guitar. It's the first generation of these that came out that were fun shapes. This one's shaped like a flower. Flower. It's like a daisy. I always thought these were cool. And I they remember are back, really cool. Back when, uh, in the Your Favorite Band days, I always thought about picking one of these up. Yeah. Just to like, just because it was so, uh, like the opposite of what we were doing. Yeah, here's. I, I think they might be short scale, which is something that always scared me a little bit they about. They are them. short scale, but that I think that's awesome. Uh, the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize about these is I'm pretty sure they're made by Schecter. Yeah, Daisy Rock. Um, and they have that kind of Schecter has, like I, I said in a couple episodes back, I think has a really high uh, production quality. Yeah. for their production guitars. Uh, I think that the Daisy Rock stuff was, you know, deceptively higher end than people thought it was. They look like novelty guitars because they were shaped like flowers or butterflies or hearts or yeah. I think there was my, another one. My sister has one of the blue, like it's this blue acoustic. It's kind of yeah. ovation style. It's got the plastic back. It's meant to do like kitty singer songwriter stuff. It's a solid playing guitar. Um, 
And uh, yeah, they're they're oh, there. We go. They're they're full something. player instruments. These are I've, these I've, are not gimmick instruments. You can fully play these. Yeah. If it wasn't for the color, I was actually always really interested in their Rock Candy series uh-huh. uh, electrics, which is like a Les Paul style. Yeah, with and like I, a hyper pink sparkle. Yeah, or something. yeah. They had like a hyper pink sparkle, and they had this black one that I thought looked really cool. as like a matted black finish, but it had this like pink pink and black nautical star on it. Yeah. Or, red and pink or something i think that they did one in a purple too yeah and uh so i was always uh always interested in that but um and i've played them in the stores they uh they uh they all come with duncan design pickups yeah so so here's the story uh tish kiravolo kiravolo credits her oldest daughter nicole for inspiring her to create daisy rock girl guitars um, when Nicole was one and a half years old, she drew a picture of, of a daisy while coloring with her mother. Uh, so she developed the design and took it to her husband, Michael Kiravolo, the president of Schechter Guitar Research. Ah, there it is. So, um, so yeah, so that's basically how that connection was made. Um, in 2003, Daisy Rock left Schechter. Becoming really? his own entity and entering into a partnership agreement with Alfred Music Publishing. So they're actually not, they were only, they got started under Schecter. They probably got a lot of their build in co- 2003. So I think this is a pre uh, their sale. I think this is a Schecter. Yeah. And even if it's after the sale, I mean, Schecter at that time was building everything overseas. Yeah. Daisy Rock probably is being made side by side with Schecter, just operating yeah. as its Same own company. Same factory, different company. Um, but yeah, they're like I said, the electric guitars I played. Now you're getting into the same price range as like an Epiphone Les Paul standard, three four hundred dollars. Um, but they these guitars stand up against those. They're just yeah. in colors that most people don't they're, want. They're themed and they're marketed towards girls, which is is fine and great. I, I think there's girls out there who want stuff like this. Yeah, I think uh, there's not. There's not a whole lot of girl guitars out there. No. Like, let's be honest. Uh, uh, I think the the majority of girl guitars that are out there just want regular stuff. This is kind of like uh, entry-level candy for people who are very young. Sure. And aren't sure if they want to play guitar and they think something's cute. Uh, that's fine. But like I said, I th- these are full-on players' guitars. Uh, yeah. If you want a short scale bass and you're not ashamed to be seen holding a daisy or a heart or a butterfly <laughs> on stage, I think these are great. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've always thought about getting one of the heart ones or getting one of the daisy ones and refinishing them. Uh, I just think they're neat. I mean, you could make the the daisy, you know, some other thing like a cloud or a popcorn or leave a it as popcorn? a daisy. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose uh, those you are could do anything you could with do. that. You could do anything. You could turn it into a paw print or something. I just think they're neat. And it's, this is a hundred bucks and it yeah. comes with a case. Yeah. So that's a, Oh, they still make the Daisy. Do they? Oh, they make some da- Daisy stuff. I was thought they had some sponsors on their website, but just trying to see who they have on board. I thought they had some big name, uh, musicians, but I could be wrong. All right. Let's get into topics. Yeah. Yeah. Who is our topic from this week? Our topic, uh, is from Brian Goff. Brian Goff. Who lives in South Carolina. Uh-huh. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about him. <laughs> because you don't know anything else? No. Uh, so, actually, Brian is a really big fan of your favorite band. Oh, okay. And uh, I, he was on... Uh, I used to be on uh, Christian Guitar... Well, I'm still on uh, 
Christian guitar resource forums or Christian guitar forum, uh, and which started as like a tablature site and also had like uh-huh. a, had a community forum and he was on there and this was maybe close to 10 years ago and I was always talking about YFB and so he checked it out. And so that's actually kind of how we reconnected was through, uh, gear talk. He's like, oh, you're the YFB guy. I'm like, yeah, gotcha. oh, I still listen to. Him. I'm like, well, get better taste in music. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how many people are out there listening to that. Like the way we talk about it, it it sounds like we were some kind of big thing, but no, we, we were we were not. We were a local small punk rock band. But um, I think there are more people than we think. Yeah, probably. Which, I mean, I can confirm two. <laughs> more than i thought that's way more than i thought um there may be more every once in a while someone will just be like hey man i was listening to yfb today throwback thursday music okay i'm like all right all right well let's talk about the topic yeah so brian wants to know uh something about lefties i forgot what he said he uh just wanted us to talk about left-handed guitars in general okay yeah left-handed guitars don't be a left-handed guitarist yeah, uh, well, here's here's my take on the whole thing. Uh, Steve, what hand do you write with? I write with my right hand. What uh, style guitar do you play with? I play a right-handed guitar. Right-handed. I made We're air using... quotes because yeah. Ryan and I have had this conversation. Okay, Steve, ask me the same question. Ryan, uh, what what hand do you write with? I write with my left hand, Steve. What handed guitar do you play? I I play with a righty guitar. Also air using air quotes. Uh, I am of the belief that... Guitar is an ambidextrous instrument, and it doesn't matter left or right. Uh, if you decide that a left-handed guitar feels better for you, it's probably because you're not left-handed or right-handed. It just feels better. Right. I think people who are starting out get caught in this trap where someone who's like a teacher or a sales clerk looks at them like, oh, if you're left-handed, you write with your left hand. You should you should play a left-handed guitar because that's who they're for. Yeah. I don't think that's who they're for. I think they're for for people who just they feel more comfortable fretting with their right hand. Yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely. Uh, so I know Brian has like several left hand. Like he's is he the one that posted the family photo? The of, family photo that's like ten left handed yeah, guitars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now yeah. I know who he is. Okay, yeah, that's Brian. Yeah. Uh, I feel for you, man, because buying left handed guitars is a lot harder. There's a lot less selection out there. Uh, I'd like to know if Brian is left-handed, if he writes with his left hand, and what his story I is. I think he's full shred lefty. Full shred I lefty. Could be huh? wrong. I find for me, I find being a left-hander playing a regular guitar is that it might be why I'm a lead guitarist and not a rhythm guitarist. Is right. that my my left hand technique, my fretting technique, comes super easy to me. Right. It is so easy for me to learn new things with my left hand. It is easy for me to move around the fretboard easily with my left hand to do whatever I want, all kinds of weird bends and stuff like that. Yeah. I am not a rhythm guy. My right hand is terrible. Uh, it can't uh, hold up very well. Right. I, I just play lead. I play uh, one or two strings at a time, and that's like kind of the pocket I land in because I think my left hand is more uh, dexterous. It's more... And I wonder if that's maybe like on a general level, what the trade-off is, is if you're right-handed, you like a right-handed person. So you're playing a, a right-handed guitar, right. strumming with your right str- hand, you're strumming, uh, like you're going to have more rhythmic control. Maybe natural from the get go. Sure. Um, where I, 
And then, whereas dexterity, like when you're first learning guitar for, I think for a lot of guitars, you're learning chords. So it's less about like speed, like dexterity and speed than it is, uh, just strumming the chord out, just get, getting into the position you need to be in. Um, that being said, like my perspective on this is, is probably skewed because I learned rhythm guitar really quickly. Yeah. And I, I, I was self-taught. We were both self-taught. Uh-huh. Um, but it, rhythm was never something I struggled with. Whereas I know a lot of uh, guitarists who are natural righties playing right-handed guitars who, you know, it's, they're learning the process. Yeah. So, so, I mean, maybe I'm just an outlier. I, I don't know. Someone I've always wanted to talk to is someone who is a right-handed person. They, they write right-handed and then they play a left-handed guitar. Yeah. And every time I'm in a situation on a forum or a group where people are talking about left-handed guitars, I always throw it out there. Is there anyone who plays left-handed guitar who's right-handed? And I haven't found anyone yet. Right. But I believe that if there's people like me, then there must be people like that. But people like you, there's, that's not uncommon. Yeah, because it's, it's easy to find yeah. a right-handed guitar. It's, it's a lot harder to get lined up with a left-handed. Easy. Because, yeah, every guitar is made right-handed. Not every guitar is made left-handed. Very few are made for left-handed um, people. And I don't know if it's still this way, but I know, f I remember years ago when you would actually see left-handed guitars in Musician's Friend. Uh-huh. Uh, that, like, a Fender, no, like, a Fender Standard Strat right-handed, three forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Fender Mexican Strat left-handed, three seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, there's a little bit of a premium. Like there is a premium price just for being left-handed. Yeah. Well, they've got to figure out an, uh, how to print that decal backwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they've got to put together a whole new machine uh -huh. to cut the or like a built put together a whole new template to to route the bodies. Where, but they're only making something that's going to appeal to like ten percent of the the guitar playing community. Yeah. And even then, like a lot of that guitar playing community are lefties who are playing right-handed guitars. Yeah. So I would, there, I would definitely say there are more lefties playing right-handed guitars than there are lefties playing left-handed guitars. And I wonder if there are more lefties playing right-handed guitars upside down than there are lefties playing lefty guitars. I don't know. You lost me on that one. Yeah, anyway. All this left and right stuff up and down. I'm, I'm spinning over uh, here. Inside, outside, up, right, down, right, happy all <laughs> the time. I, what I think, if my theory is correct, what I think is that left-handed guitars should be more common. Right. And that you would, you'd see more of a 50-50 split based on people who are just more comfortable or have more of an emphasis on lead or rhythm. Uh and I'd like to see, you know, shops and teachers not immediately jump on the, oh, you're left-handed, you must play left-handed guitar sort of thing. Because I don't think that's correct. And I think people who are in that frame of mind and who are right-handed don't even consider that. Like I had an experience uh, a while back where I went to Buffalo Brothers, which is a guitar store here. Uh, and I had been sitting around playing a bunch of guitars. Right. And then I bought something. And I paid with a credit card and I had to sign and I signed with my left hand and the guy lost his damn mind because I was the only one in the shop and he had been watching me the whole time playing all the, the regular right-handed guitars. Right. And I signed with my left hand and he's like, 
why don't you play left-handed guitar? And I don't like talking to salespeople, so I just kind of blew them off and was like, oh, here's my quick reason. <laughs> but it's there's that's so you common. You should have just been like, because you don't have any. Because <laughs> you don't have any. So I taught myself to play right-handed right now in front of you. How did I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably would have been like, uh, you need some work. But I think that's, <laughs> that's the common kind of idea because most people are right-handed. They think, oh, left-handed guitars are for left-handed people. Right. Sure. Well, and, you know, that's the the marketing or whatever, probably. Sure. And, um, you know, I guess if you go back far enough, the whole handedness of a guitar didn't i mean it it mattered for things like the saddle but it didn't really matter until we started c- putting cutaways on guitars yeah that's true until then like every you guitar, could flip was, any guitar. Uh, was you could just flip it and yeah. flip the strings and whatever and you stay just keep cranking away uh-huh flip the nut yeah flip the nut that yeah. sounds so vulgar yeah we know what we're talking about everyone else knows what we're talking about but it sounds weird <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that's the end of the episode. We have a song to play. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's a rap song. Yeah, we got sent a rap song, and we're going to play it. And um, if you have small children in the room... It has an F-bomb, doesn't it? I'm. It's got some various salty language. <sighs> salty. Sailor. Uh, you think this is a sailor rap? No, it's not a sailor <laughs> rap. <laughs> I wish this, that there was such oh, a genre of sailor, sailor rap. There probably is. Well, I know there's songs about boats. <laughs> Steve is giving me such a face right now. <laughs> there are songs about boats. Yeah, th- I think that's different from sailor rap, though. Yeah, so this is uh, from uh, Illit Beats, and uh, it's uh, the artist is called Illiter- Illiteracy, and you can check them out at ill hyphen it.com illit.com this song is called uh i'm not sure what this song is called <laughs> well we'll it figure it out up. it says it's from the signa signa true series i i'm i don't know if that's a typo i'm gonna say it is uh the signature series but the full song title doesn't show on my phone. Right. Were you having so, trouble reading Illa because uppercase I is the same as lowercase L? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm seeing it on here. It's ill ill iteracy. Ill iteracy. It's just uh, so this is it's a cool track. It just like I said, if uh, you have small children or you're, uh, do we really need to warn people? I you I mean, know probably just. Are so there any kids listening to this? I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't, unless we want to upgrade to the illicit content or explicit content logo on iTunes. Do you have to have that to be on iTunes? Um, I don't know. I don't don't think so. I mean, I think if, I think it depends on the content of your podcast. I haven't been paying attention to this stuff yet. My wife is five months pregnant, so I've got about, uh, three months. Until I have to start worrying about explicit content in the no, house. No, you've got like three years until you have to That's worry true. about Or maybe two years. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, here's the song. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We really liked talking to Jerry. Thanks for the ad, Cody. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the topic, Brian. What's his Brian, name? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the topic, Brian. Uh, we're looking forward to ep- lucky episode number 13. Number 13. Okay, here's the song. 
Scratching the surface, shit is not what it seems. Protect and search. All the front flashing and beams. It's the money game. And all of us trapped in between. Wish I was complaining about a traffic ticket of things. But shit is way deeper. Corruption is a mother. Wanna tuck you in at night. Undercovers. But see, it don't apply to high. Not just the face of others. I don't mess with none of the above. Still wanted to face a brother. But parents raised the motherfucking gym. Cops walk away like I guess it wasn't him. We pay them taxes, still fighting for our freedom. I don't really hate them all, just call them how I see them. And for this song, I'm so inspired in college. Dog sniffing at my tires, no priors. Why is I the only one? And if it's only funds, means nothing. Clean as a motherfucker, never sold a dime or nothing. Still tossed in the bunch, guess I'm just a dime a dozen. Unsolved murder, so heard of, it's money buzzing. So when it calls lives, it's nothing. Rapists escaping, Jake's be faking. Fuck y'all, watch myself stay vacant. Something is wrong, they're raising funds for the state But you won't ever see it, caught slipping and you late Money game and they cheating, drop a case on you Head home feeling safer, no minority neighbors Sitting on a mule and 40 acres Times haven't changed much, badges and suits Laugh to themselves as you explain to the judge Streets is cold, even in the summertime Friend of mine said it and we all going through it more than sometimes Paranoid when you see them in your rear view Certain time of night plus the area that you happen to steal through, light them up, find something, write them up, guilty till proven innocent if you riding with us, the numbers say they can stereotype, odds are I'm the typical, sitting above a pistol with a brick of medicinal, cleverly hidden, call for backup, I'm known to act up, nothing but foul intention, in my position, middle finger as I ride dirty south plates on the interstate, ducking jakes in the neon lights, the neon lights, wanna break you to the truth, shit, it be alright, it's the neon lights, got a twisted mother with a newborn, asking what cell to visit, mm, it's the neon lights, murder unsolved, scorn mother overloading station with them calls, it's the neon lights, missing body found by civilians, I guess wonder who's the real, you know, mm, it's the neon put a case in, neon make a case, find <laughs> the shit, let's get him, here we go again, lights flash and pull to the side and turn up my shit. Throw the keys in the passenger, contemplating sit. And of all time, from fucking park next to my crib. Kids looking out the window, yelling, cops and got speak. And what started off as one car quickly turned to three. You give a gun to bullies and wonder what you'll see. I'll tell you, overpowered pussies. Dirty gardeners love to plan stuff just to watch the case grow. Furthest thing from justice when you got the darkest skin tone. Beat you to your skin on. Try to break your pride, get a rise and see you tremble. So they tell me walk the line. <laughs> Bitch, I'm Johnny Cash. I've done this shit a million times. They look surprised. Ask me where I'm going. Pour the right in front of me. Already there, homie. 
That's when it hit him. I hear him just yell and get him. Push me to the side and say, let's introduce him to the system. And evidence irrelevant when they got the badge. Fabricate to help the case. And then they look at you and laugh. Cause to them it's a joke. And if you working, then make sure that in the end, your ass is broke. Lawyers, cops, judges, they all in the same boat. Fishing for the next one they can break over.